welcome in hockey fans in the Central Southwest. We have a, another episode, another edition of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly coming your way. Scott Strandy live here in Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, Stephen Marsh, joining me from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, how are you doing this evening? Beautiful and hot Las Vegas, Nevada. Because, wow, you uh, got a crowd. You wow, got a crowd, got a crowd there. For you. Wow. Wow, how about that? That's <laughs> unusual. <laughs> Nobody usually applauds for me. But, uh, yes, beautiful and hot uh, Las Vegas. I actually did get, get out today, and it was uh, warm. They were saying that we were going to hit 101 today, which would have been an all-time high, not all-time high for this day, and first time we would ever hit 100 degrees officially in the month of April, but we only got to 99, I believe, officially out of the airport. So some areas of town did get to 100. I looked it up, but uh, nobody, but uh, not officially out of the airport. So it won't go down as a 100-degree day, so um, we'll still be without those. Some areas, I said, did get to 100, but, but what does it matter? You know, it was a hot day. It's not supposed to be this hot, but we're all stuck inside, so maybe this is Maybe this is a good thing now that we're, we're stuck inside because it's going to be hot. But, but, uh, but yeah, we're doing we're doing okay otherwise. And just found out today from the governor that uh, he's gonna things will be closed for a little bit longer here and be going to May. And uh, so we're just kind of taking it week by week. Well, it's almost the same here. We're at uh, 104, 105 would have been the record. So <laughs> we'll take the 104 and and run with it. And our governor said the same thing. Basically, two more weeks of. Uh, stay-at-home orders with some slight variances and adjustments, which is a good thing. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, same, same, same here. Yeah, same here. Syslac is going to loosen some of the restrictions about outdoor uh, recreational stuff and things like that. So, um, but, but still, be, be at home and, uh, as much as you can. Yeah, I hear you. Well, there's still hockey to talk about, right? I mean, uh, the last two shows, we did uh, professional hockey on Monday. We did NCAA hockey on uh, Tuesday, and it was crazy, the stuff that we had to talk about. We had a guest last night on from Penticton, British Columbia, and that was uh, really fun to talk a little bit about uh, BCHL hockey. I, I asked him a few questions about the uh, the ACHA and, and UNLV recruiting up there and such, and, and he totally agreed with me. He said, yeah, it's, uh, it's become a, a place to be for ACHA coaches. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, UNLV's becoming a it's becoming a great draw, and uh, people want to want to come and play here, and they're getting a good, good, good recognition, and, and that's that's good. So that's good that uh, that even up in Canada, there, there, people UNLV is uh, is well known, at least to some you know, areas. And I I joked with uh, Coach Greener and Coach Berman this week, and, and we're gonna have Coach Berman on as a special guest because. You know, I, I told him I think it's an arms race, and I think maybe him and uh, Coach Greener are going to have to sit down and do an arm wrestle or something to see who's winning the offseason because uh, both teams continue <laughs> to put great recruits on their roster. And, and one of the things that I want to talk to Coach Berman about tonight was uh, Bailey Marshall announced that he'd be coming back for his fifth year, uh, and that is a big, big thing for uh, for U of A. So I know they're very excited to have Bailey back again. Um and, of course, UNLV keeps drawing players. I, I haven't heard anything from ASU, but I assume that they're drawing players as well. And Danny Roy over at Grand Canyon is getting some new locker rooms at Arcadia for his team, his men's and women's team. And I know he's recruiting pretty heavily as well. So 
Lots of things to talk about. Let's talk about UNLV first. Tell me a little bit about what, uh, what's been happening up there. I know they had another coach's corner with Greg Powers, and let's start right there. Sure. Yeah, Monday, Monday they, had, uh, they had Greg Powers on a Zoom call at uh, t- uh, Monday morning, about 10.30 in the morning. Coaches from uh, some of the other schools uh, were on and asked him questions. And, 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 and as you know, Greg Powers, is, he's, very, uh, he's very, very friendly, very nice, very willing to share his, his inside. And, and uh, he even, even shared some of his PowerPoint that he shares with, with his team at the beginning. We see some of his defensive schemes that, that he does and, and how he coaches the players and, and what, he, what he expects of his players. And one of the things – you know, he's mentioned as he's very, um, you know, like pretty strict when it comes to, you know, players showing up on time for a practice or, you know, if they don't, if they're even a minute late, then then, then they don't play in the next game. So he's very, but that's, that's the kind of stuff you need to establish. You know, they have a good culture over there at, at ASU there at the NCAA level and, and uh, you know, shared, you know, how you can be, be successful. One of the things he was kind of cool at the end of the, um, at the end of the hour thing, he shared one of the, the, they asked him about his experience at the ACHA level, and he said one of the most prized possessions he had. He pulled out his um, his ACHA championship trophy that he had sitting there, and he showed it. And he still, even though with the with moved up to the NCAA level, and you know they, the one of the first tournaments they won in that was here in Vegas a couple of seasons ago, which I was at when when they did that. That was cool, and of course they're off to a good start in the NCAA level. But he still looks back at when they won the ACHA championship, uh, and uh, looked at that one of the highlights of his time. And he talked about some of the players having it right after the after that season and coming to Vegas of all places to 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 have a little fun. And as you, as a lot of people do when they win championships of any sport, they seem to come out to Las Vegas and and celebrate. So he showed the trophy and had players written and have signed on it and stuff. So it was kind of cool to see that that you know he still looks back at his time as at the ACHA level and and, and really was a big catalyst of getting them probably to the NCAA level and. And so, and I still, you know, you know, as they're making waves in the NCA level, that that he looks back at this time of what they were able to do while they were at the ACA, ACHA level. Well, my tongue is getting twisted. NCA, ACHA, but uh, <laughs> so, so I say that five times fast. That, uh, that right. that's that's he still looks back at the, the, those memories very fondly. So that was that was kind of cool. And you know, you had you had a couple of the Liberty coaches on the Zoom call. I don't know if I can say who all was on it, but you had some of the coaches from other some of the other ACHA programs on there. I think 20, 25 people maybe were on them, maybe not that many, but um, so it was kind of kind of cool to, to see that. I don't know when they're going to do the next one, but but yeah, these these have been kind of cool for for coaches. Or I think players or anybody really else wants to listen in, you know, when reaches out to, to Nick Raboni and the ULV hockey program, and they can get on them. But but yeah, it was it was it was pretty cool. Greg Power's always uh always got a lot, very very insightful, and and it was uh nice to hear some of his insight on the in the coaching game and, and what he does. You know, and the beauty of, of Coach Powers is, and he'll tell you this firsthand, he, he, he still follows ACHA hockey religiously, right? And and he knows about the, the rivalry. He was a part of the rivalry between ASU and, and uh, U of A, and he's very inspiring to UNLV and Grand Canyon. I was helping out. He's helped the women's program, as we heard, uh, you know, last week from, from Lindsay Ellis, talked about how the, Greg has helped her program. And there's just so many things. And I think that's what's really cool about hockey, right? You don't get a lot of coaches, I don't think, in other sports that like to share any kind of tips or secrets. And Kenny McCudden said that same thing when I talked to him last year when he was in Vegas. 
that uh, he doesn't mind sharing things. He said, who knows? Maybe I'll learn something, you know? So it's, it's kind of cool that they do that. Um, when we talk about just signings and things that are going on, tell me a little bit about the signings uh, at UNLV. We've talked about the Johnson and Johnsons coming in, but anybody new recently? Yeah, that sounds like a name of the uh, the company, right? Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> uh, the only one I don't know. I mean, uh, the new one. I believe the only new one that we've had since the last time we've talked uh, talked about him was uh, somebody named Blaze Arkolf. Uh, he he's going to be joining. He's from the uh, Lumber, Hearst Lumberjacks of the uh, up there in Ontario. So there you go, talking about Canada again. Hearst Ontario, the NOJHL Junior A team. Um, from the Twitter page, it says that he notched 18 goals in just 35 games last season. So um, six feet, 180-pound player. So um, that's all I know about it. I didn't really have a chance to, to get more information on that yet. But, but yeah, that's uh, that's the one that UNLV has um, in the last week or so, Blaze Arkel. Yeah, that's uh, another big pickup. I mean, they just continue to stockpile good players, and that's a good thing to do, you know. I'm sure Coach Powers touched on that about how he likes to create depth and create huh. solid depth. I mean, he doesn't want anybody to feel comfortable with their position on his team. He wants them to compete every day. He believes that's how they're going to get the best out of everybody. And I think the ACHA guys are doing the same thing. I mean, yeah, I, I would bet right now that if you looked at, at the, the rosters of the Desert Southwest ACHA teams, I bet you'd find an awful lot of talented hockey players that uh, didn't get on the rosters because there was so much talent coming in. So that'll be one of the things we'll talk to Coach Berman about as well and find out about that. Uh, I also like to talk about the uh, the building process. Uh, I'm getting a little secret out of what, what we're planning ahead here, but uh, starting on the 1st of May, which is Friday, we're introducing our business bounce back uh, corporate partnership program where we got a great deal for people to get their businesses back on track after this uh, or during this virus. I guess it's not over yet, but so we'll be announcing that on, on Friday. And then we're also starting back up our Sunday specials, which took a little hiatus during the, uh, the viruses. But that's our, uh, a show that comes on Sunday night where we like to focus on different things. And I thought May would be a great time to focus on building uh, right through the virus because you know what's happened in Henderson. They just continue to build the building, right? Uh, mm -hmm. U of A, is, uh, and Coach Berman will tell us, they put all their chips in on trying to get a building uh, for their program at the University of Arizona. We know that ASU is getting uh, a new building that's going to probably break ground and start work in November. And there's also another facility here in North Phoenix that's uh, privately owned that uh, I'm going to try to get a sit down with that gentleman. So May will be our month of building, and hopefully that leads us right into June. And you mentioned uh, Grand Canyon as we do in their locker room, so that's kind of a building in that regard. You know, they're, they're getting yeah, some absolutely. makeovers there there in, uh, in Phoenix there. So... Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Hope you know when the season starts to you know when when UNLV plays these these Arizona teams to hopefully go down to some just come down and watch some of the, them in the, in those facilities and and uh, check them out myself. But uh, you're going to be up here actually in in Vegas for uh, a brief trip to, to as part of getting some of your material for for your Sunday special. So so that ought to be good to see that when that comes out uh, when that comes yeah, out. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be exciting. I'm hoping to get up there. I don't know what the restrictions are going to be like. I haven't tried it. <laughs> obviously since uh, the COVID-19 uh, crisis hit. And by the way, Stephen, I told you last week I was keeping track. This is week seven that we're in right now. Week seven, okay. Uh, on my end of it. So 
Well, I'm, I, well, well, thanks. I appreciate that. I get my weekly. I, I, I stopped keeping keeping track. I think after the first week, you know, just you get to Monday and you just think, oh, here we go. It's, no, it's another week. But I, you know, you, then when it's Wednesday, like, oh, it's Wednesday. I, you know, we got the, we got this this show tonight. So it's just, sometimes you just lose you just lose the days of uh, what day it is. But uh, but that'll, that'll be my friend. It'll be changing, and before long, you're going to be going like, man, it's hockey all the time. Because uh, there's going to be a lot going on once things open up again, and we just hope that that happens. And you know, we got to do it safely. We all understand sure. that, so we'll continue to do that. Uh, the other thing I do want to shout out is every Wednesday I've been throwing out a new corporate partner of the week, and that's part of the reason for my trip to Vegas on Friday. Is uh, Jesse Ray's Barbecue going to be mm. our corporate partner of the week? So starting now, yeah. there'll be a little more hyped up talking about uh, Mike and Jesse Ray and, yeah. and everybody over there and all the hard work that they do and what they've been doing for the community, not only uh, staying open, providing meals, but uh, giving discounts to people. And man, you, you can't find anybody better than, than Mike and, and Jesse Ray. Yeah. And I have to, and I have a, a, you know, in our conversation earlier, but text, you know, I had, I had to confess, I actually haven't been over there yet to eat any of their food. So, you know, maybe, you know, when you're up to on Friday, we'll 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 get over there and uh, and and we can go over there. Can't you can't eat in the restaurant still, but you know you can certainly get it to go and, and take out. So maybe I'll go have to go try it for the first time, and uh, then I can know for sure exactly why why you have them as a sponsor. I I take your word for it; they're great, and and, they, and I have no doubt about that. But but it would be nice to try their food for the first time myself. So hopefully I'll do that this well, week. So you'll definitely have to do that. Uh, I think we got Coach Berman coming on here in just okay. a second. Let's take a quick break, and let's come back with uh, University of Arizona head coach Chad Berman. We'll be right back. exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community, offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. Hi everybody, this is Jay from OxyPal. You probably know our products for being used on your gear to eliminate the odor and bacteria from sports gear and, and your gym and all that stuff. Um, in, in light of current events, uh, we have uh, switched up and added a new product to our production line called our Have a Nice Day Hand Sanitizer. Um, it is exclusively for use on your skin, whereas our other uh, products have been exclusively for use on your fabrics and, and, and gear. Uh, this product is available here at my shop. It's available on my website at www.oxypow.com. And you can pick it up or we can ship it to you anywhere in the United States. All right, we're back. Scott Strandy live in Scottsdale, Arizona. Stephen Marsh joining me from Las Vegas, Nevada. And Coach Berman, the uh, the WCHL Coach of the Year, the recruiting guru. Uh, where do I stop, Coach? I mean, can I just keep going with that? Keep getting these accolades up? 
Jeez, I don't know. Yeah, good thing I got good players, I guess, huh? <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. I had to have you on again. I've joked uh, between you and Coach Greener up in, at UNLV. I said, I think you guys are in an arms race during the offseason to see who can stockpile the most weapons before the yeah. end of the season. And goodness gracious, um, you got some really big news, so let's start right there. Tell me who's coming back for his fifth year. Uh, obviously, uh, we just announced Bailey Marshall. We've been hoping, working, talking, and, uh, you know, anytime you return an assistant captain and one of the top scorers in the ACHA, who beyond that can do, you know, anything, whether it comes PK or shot blocking, he's, uh, obviously a very important piece. And, um, and it's, uh, it also makes me feel good. Like he was another senior that, you know, didn't end on the terms we would have liked. And so this tells me we've got another crack to set him out the right way. That is uh, complete and awesome news. He also signed a, a very unique player. Um, I think his dad's got something to do with strikes in the <laughs> NHL. Tell me yeah. a little bit about Mr. McCauley. Yeah. Um, yep. Uh, we, we got Wes McCauley's son, Riley McCauley. Really excited about him. Um, you know, just a, a really nice prospect as far as the upside in that kid is just huge. I think we've got two really good, like, high upside prospects that, uh, that we're getting younger. Um, and it's Frankly, it's part of our strategy. I mean, I can't always. I, I usually can't get the kids if I get into a battle with the Lindenwoods, and so we try to sometimes find the kids that we can get them before they're on Lindenwoods' radar. And I feel like between the two, um, uh, Camden Benson and, and Riley McCauley, two really nice prospect defensemen that are that are fit the same mold. They they have the intangibles as far as being really good skaters. They're they're both tall. They're six two and six three, so they're long. Both need to put on weight, but if you can skate like both of them can. With that kind of size, and we just need to fill them out and develop them. That's a fun little project. So um, we're excited about both of those guys, and obviously it'll be. Uh, I kind of, <laughs> geez, I hope no refs are listening. I kind of had a chuckle with Wes. I'm like, you're gonna lose your mind out here if you watch any of our games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Zach Reese, turn down your radio. <laughs> yeah, so Reese, everybody but Reese, of course. <laughs> Well, maybe, maybe he can help some of those ref officials out so they won't be so bad, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, if nothing else, add some energy to the mic. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you talk about players coming in, and we had Chris Perry on again last week who, uh, you know, thank you for turning me on to him because what a great guest he is. Uh, you know, he he's two-hour time difference from us. He stays up late to come on the show. He would have gone on another half hour if I'd let him. Uh <laughs> He just loves talking hockey, but man, oh man, yeah. he impressed with the WCHL and what's happened. Uh, we've talked before about three teams coming in. He elaborated on something that uh, Stephen and I are going to talk about later, but um, I want you to talk about it a little bit. He told me about the way the conference is going to be set up in two halves, an east and a west. Yeah. So you, you won't play everybody every year. Uh, is that correct? Yeah, and, and most importantly, um, you know, as I've complained since day one, we've, we've, we're able to reduce our travel quite a bit. Um, and then on top of that, it will get rid of the three-game weekends. Look, I, I think there's positives and negatives to the three-game weekends. I think, you know, for the three-game weekends, it definitely prepares you for the national tournament because you're going to have to win four and five days out there. Um, and so it does give us, I think, a bit of an edge. But at the same time, um, you know, over the course of a season, it, it, three games weekends scare coaches because you're you're playing tired. Um, you know, if you got a guy like Bailey Marshall who's playing as many minutes as he does, and then I'm going into a third game of the weekend, I don't want him getting some kind of an injury or something like that. So 
there's concern and obviously a little more cost. It's another day of bus, hotel, food, and all that stuff. So I think we're excited for the change. It's going to be different. Um, there'll be two game weekends. It'll be less travel. Um, I love, you know, I think we got a good competitive group out here. UNLV adds a nice punch for us out here uh, as far as conference and, and more competition. And so um, I really, I don't have a problem saying this openly. I feel like the tides are turning. Um, I'll be the first to tell you, I think the Central States League's been the, the kingpin around here for, around the ACHGA for a long, long time, back from, back when I was coaching in that conference. But um, I feel confident that the tides might be turning in our direction here. I just, I just think our conference continues to get better and, Hopefully we're at the, uh, the forefront of that, and I, I certainly know ASU will be good. And Trust me, I'm seeing all the guys UNLV are getting, and I feel like they've been coming up on a lot of my phone calls anyway. So it seems like all roads lead through UNLV and recruiting. Um, and, and so, yeah, it is, a, it is one of those. It is a stubborn battle. I'm not, I'm not afraid to say it. I'm a, I'm a whiny competitor. I want to beat everybody at everything. So, so does Shane, huh? How about his uh, – he really bothered him that we weren't on top of the flags up there. <laughs> That's how we roll here. We want to win. <laughs> yeah, yep. I, I had to answer one. Like, go ahead, Stephen. He led you into UNLV, so go after him. <laughs> well, I, well, I just want to, you know, mention that last week when we had when we had Chris Perry, they, we thought, we asked him, you know, if, if, uh, if having – you know, playing these – you know, playing these teams. You know, we, last year we had the three teams from Desert Southwest. Of course, UNLV was still independent. But now you have – you know, you have more competition in the in the WCHL. You know, playing each other more and, and having you know would one knock each other out. And he said that it, it really can only make it stronger. How do you feel about that? You know, and and the prospects of maybe getting three or four or five teams from this conference in this in the national tournament picture each year. For sure. Um, you know, I think ASU is going to continue to get better. I know UNLV is always good. Um, I mean, every year that's one of the more talented teams we play. Um, and then I, I think Grand Canyon will continue to evolve. And, you know, I, I'm curious to see the direction, you know, the Colorados and stuff like that. Utah will be interesting. Um, I'm not heartbroken to go to another cool city there in Utah. So um, there'll be some changes and some, and some differences, but uh, it, all that stuff just creates new opportunity. And hopefully uh, we're uh, having a healthy, fun season then. Chad, I talked uh, last night on our NCAA show. We had um, – the voice of the Penticton V's from uh, Penticton, British Columbia. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and he was, I was asking him obviously about the ASU NCAA players that were coming in, but I said, you know, there's a lot of guys that, that end up going from the BCHL to uh, ACHA schools. And, and he said the same thing. He started off uh, talking division three and he goes, you know, ACHA is pretty good too. Uh, yeah. Tell me about the BCHL and what you guys see in recruiting up there. Well, I mean, that, that's to me the second best league in North America. Just the skill level in that BCHL, um, it's off the charts. The, the puck movement, the skating, um, you know, I, I think I'd have a heart attack in the first month with all the odd man rushes there seems to be, but that's here nor there. But uh, um, it's, just, it's just a ton of skill and, and young hockey players that are, that are, that are all the same. Very, they all have good hockey sense. They play, they play smart in transition. And for us, that's a big part of our game. So – um, you know, we just added a defenseman and Ryan Fisher from Victoria out of the BCHL. He's going to be a heck of a boost for us. And that's the kind of a defenseman. Um, he's a little guy, but he, but he's like, uh, if you ever play the old Nintendo, um, back in the day where you had the skinny guy, the middle guy, the fat guy, he's that little skinny guy buzzing around the ice. Um, and so we're excited to have that little skinny guy buzz around and, um, you know, I think he'll give us a boost on the power play in all, in all situations really. But it's his puck movement and his hockey sense that really 
when you get a player like that, that makes Bailey Marshall, Anthony, Anthony Cusinelli, um, Jesse Lowell, that makes everybody better uh, when we're getting pucks up ice quick, and that's how we want to play. Tell me a little bit about what it's been like this spring with uh, with the COVID-19 hit and your players having to take online classes and things like that. And, you know, I, I heard your president on CNN talking about the fact that he he's confident that school's going to start on time in the fall and things are going to go as planned. And, and he's got COVID testing for all the faculty and all the players, which is awesome. But how's it been down there right now in Tucson? Um, my kitchen's the same as it's been the last month. <laughs> so I, I haven't been down to campus, um, at all. Uh, I basically, I'm in my garage staring at my whiteboard, and my depth chart, like I do pretty much all day. If so I'm, I'm pretty much doing that. I'm on the phone watching film or hopefully writing an article about a player that we just got. So, um, you know, I, to be honest with you, I've stuck my head in the sand for the last couple of weeks, at least, uh, maybe even longer. I've kind of lost track because, I just got a, I got frustrated with the politics of it and the um, push and pull. And, um, and, and so I'm kind of, I kind of just buckled into recruiting to be honest with you and, and said, you know, they'll figure it out. But um, I, I'm hopeful this stuff turns around quick. Uh, obviously it's different around here. I'm definitely hopeful. I mean, that campus gets moving here. I know, you know, talking to all my guys um, it's interesting because they all have a similar empathy for the teachers and what they're going through, which is nice to hear that they're thinking about, you know, situations other than themselves in this kind of uh, environment. Um, but I think it's, you know, it's gone as smooth as can be. Some guys don't like online. Some guys can adapt. I think the science guys in particular, it's really tough because you, you can't really do a lab, right? So you've got to like, they're basically watching a lab and then writing what they watch. And so that's just <laughs> a different experience altogether. So um, it's been different. I think, uh, you know, they're all adjusting, but uh, they're itching to get out of their house to play hockey. And uh, I think, um, you know, when you when we're announcing some of the recruits we are, I'm getting a really good energy off the guys that they're feeling, you know, the opportunity at hand next year as well. And, you know, my you know my assessment of everything is that, you know, you look at, you know, when this when the lockdown or stay at home, whatever you want to call it, started, it, it was like, oh, gosh, you know, it's going to be – it's such a it's such a different thing. It's a, such a thing. But now that we're a month or so into it, and it's it's been that's just kind of like all we've known for the last month or so. It seems to be almost easier to kind of deal with. You've kind of adapted and stuff. Is that just how you guys have kind of dealt with it down there? You just kind of adapted to the circumstances, and it seems like it's almost easier to 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 do these things now because that's just the way it's been for the last month or so. Yeah, and I hope I hope there's a lot of positive that comes out of this. I mean, you know, for me, I, I never believe in making excuses for for your current situations or your environment. You know, there's there's just sometimes it's just got to be done differently. So. Yeah, you know I can't get a kid down to campus uh, to check out our, our awesome campus, but I can send him a virtual tour. I can call him more times than he wants, and I can watch more film than I need. And, um, you know, there's different ways around it. Um, but you also get to know these guys on a different level. But uh, you know, I, I think beyond hockey, I think we're going to gain a ton of, I mean, a ton of opportunity moving forward. I hope businesses realize that you don't need all the overhead of 400 cubicles or whatever. That guys, People can get stuff done at home, and maybe Zoom isn't such a bad thing. And, you know, it's crazy when you have stuff like this that uh, I'm sure we're going to take some things out of this and say, uh, you know, why haven't we done this before? I, uh, in fact, I just Zoomed with a bunch of my buddies from Fredonia State where I played college hockey, and we're all kind of like, why did it take a pandemic for us to all reach <laughs> out and get together? Uh, it's just stuff like that that, that right. reminds you, you know, we're in control of, of our destiny here.
I guess the only thing you can't really do is you can't send them the 104 degree Arizona heat today that you had or the 99 degree heat that we had in <laughs> Vegas. You can't send that them there. You know, they can't experience the weather. That's the only probably the only downside of everything. If you want them to try to pull them in the, how nice and warm the weather is or whatever. Depending yeah. on where they are, they may or well, may not get a screenshot here and there or something like that, you know? <laughs> right. Well, it's one thing to see a screenshot, but then you come and you feel it. But, yeah, you're right, though, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so you know, we're kicking off uh, the, uh, the month of May as uh, we're calling it our uh, business bounce back month. Or we're, we're targeting our businesses and giving cool. them the opportunity to stay optimistic and, and be a part of what we're doing. We didn't slow down a whole lot. We, uh, we stayed right in our houses and did a lot of things, but we're doing that. And part of the, the thing that I'm working on for the month of May is talking about construction. And I talked to you uh, at least via text. And I said, is it, it just seems so unfair that, that Vegas is going to have five sheets of ice before <laughs> you get your own. And yeah, but yet it's good for the desert Southwest. So uh, tomorrow or Friday, I guess I'm, I'm going up to Vegas to see that construction on the new one up there. And that, that's going to be my next Sunday special talking about the building up there and and you are uh, asu is committed now to their building to start in november and there's even been hints uh, the athletic director talked about whoa maybe we could do uh, a varsity women's team down the road and if we we have two sheets of ice and and i know you're pushing your chips all in but what can you tell us about the progress you guys are trying to make for uh, your own building in, in u of a and, and and remind everybody out there how important it is for you guys to have a, your own ice sheet well, I, I think to me, it's beyond us or our program. It's really a, a community need. There's there's such a demand here. It breaks my heart to hear all these families that are you know commuting to Phoenix to go take their kids to go practice for an hour and a half. It's um, somebody who wants to be a part of the game growing uh, for this city to, to do its part. We need to step up and find a way to make that happen. Um, obviously, it'd be great for for our program to have our own. Um, you know, we've got a great setup now. We got a big old building. Um, you know, there's complications with that, of course, but we're certainly lucky to be in the Tucson Arena now and um, are enjoying that. But uh, so that's why, to me, it's it's about the youth leagues, the figure skaters, the men's leagues. Um, you know, my son's trying to play hockey, and obviously not right now. Um, to me, that's what it's about. Is just there's just too many families and, and such a, a stunt of growth right now of hockey in Tucson because of it. Um, and I know it's ready to erupt. There's not, it's not like there's a lack of demand around here. Um, it's just a matter of really, we, we got to make this happen. So, uh, you know, obviously there's thing, things going on in the world that will table a lot of things, but we're hopeful um, at some point somebody steps up and makes it happen. And so um, I guess we'll have to see what it looks like on the other side of this. Hello? Oh, we might have lost uh, Scott there for a minute. Okay, well, we'll just uh, continue on then. What is um, the – I guess what is the biggest challenge for for you guys on um, on getting a, getting a building there? I mean, what's, what's the biggest – what's the biggest holdup there? Um, money, land, just the basics. <laughs> you know, it's uh, – <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's there's not a ton, there's not a ton of land you know that's available and, and where it does and what it costs and um, you know I don't think a lot of people are out there like let me own an ice rink so um, it's gonna take uh, a lot of heads coming together and you know hopefully hopefully we can make that happen. Well, you said it best when you said uh, hopefully it'll happen because the way things are starting to boom down here, it's really 
sad to see you guys have to go through what you're going through with the talent that you continue to bring in. But touch a little bit more on some of the guys that maybe we've missed uh, in your recruiting class, guys that you think are going to be – I know you think they're going to all be impact players, but who's jumping out at you now when you're looking at them on paper at least? For sure. So we talked uh, We talked about Fisher from the BCHL. We talked about uh, – who did we talk about? We talked about Benson and McCauley. Um, I guess to stick to the D, um, we got a kid named Kurt Regeer of the uh, USPHL Premier League. Um, really excited about him. He is a, a replica of Hedge, very stick on puck, which is stuff we like with our D taking time and space away. Um, he can be used as a complimentary defenseman to pair with an offensive guy and free, free somebody up, or um, I think I could even pair him with a guy like Hedge and use him as a matchup D. So just a really useful, reliable defenseman um, that's going to bring a veteran presence, even for a newer guy. Um, very steady guy. Um, looking forward to adding him to the, to the bunch back there. Um, hoping to add another D in the next couple of days here. So stay tuned and I get to go write more articles, you know? Uh, so, uh, but the, I think the forward that's really under the radar that I, that I'm excited about, there's a couple here. I mean, Ryan Hex, a PK guy, um, and he's really good at it. And to me, we, we try to assemble pieces. So we're excited about what he brings high energy, good work ethic, a guy who's going to be a pest to play against, give you quality minutes. Um, but I think the most under radar for me is George Arfanos out of the Sioux Eagles. Um, he's, uh, in the Northern Ontario league. He, he's just, he brings everything we look for like we want we want speed and size and that's hard to find together sometimes um and he brings it and he brings a grit and a physicality i think to me a grit has to be a part of every recruit we bring in unless they do something else exceptional um you know like a malfronte is going to bring an exceptional vision and passing so okay we'll maybe pass on some of the grit there to get that but um he really brings all of that his he's played three years in that league so he's got a lot of experience he can play center. He can play wing. I can use him on a top line and a third line, uh, center or wing. Um, but uh, the, the playmaking, the vision, and the speed are what really uh, gets me excited. So I think he's going to be a heck of an addition that people are kind of not talking about. So tell me a little bit about when you're making recruiting calls because you've listed a bunch of guys from northern states or Canada. Um, what do they know about Tucson when you uh, reach out to them for maybe the first or second time? Well, I think part of the recruiting process starts during the season. And by that, I mean before you ever make a phone call. Um, you know, I, I think it's critical to showcase what you what you do as a program. And so you see us constantly, like right now, we're putting out articles. We want to announce the good news. We want to stay in people's minds. Uh, but we also want to show what we're doing. I think, you know, there's a lot of coaches in the ACHA that choose to make 400 phone calls and try to convince you on why you need to come there. I'm not trying to convince anyone to come here. I know what we've got here, and it's an unbelievable opportunity. Uh, what I'm trying to do is show you what we do. I'm not trying to convince people to want to be here. I'm showing people what we do, and instead of trying to convince people to come here, we're really weeding through the right fits that, of people that want to be here. And, of course, we reach out and find guys on our own as well. Um, but I just think that's such a lost art in recruiting that people are overthinking. You have to take care of your own, display yourself, have a great website, have a great social media um, get the job done on the ice, have a good ranking. Um, and most important is provide an unbelievable experience for your players because that is your word of mouth. Every single guy that wants to come through here wants to talk to a player to hear about their experience. That conversation is going to be the break, make or break on you getting the kid or not getting the kid. So you better have those ducks in a row. And so to me, we try to keep our attention in our program on the things we can control. We try to give these guys the best experience possible. And I think it's pretty hard to match. 
Um, and, and then obviously you've got the great business program, et cetera. And when you do those things, you, people start calling you. Um, and obviously the winning helps too. And so it all kind of comes together. And it's, it's all part of that process. And that's part of my approach. Yeah, and, and, and part of that process, you know, we talk, we talk about what happened with, with the folks at UNLV do, and, I, and I'm involved in some of that, but uh, is during the season too, and, and, and certainly during the offseason, you try to continue to keep the, keep, keep the conversation going. Um, you know, when you have a new player, you, you, you announce it. You don't try to just wait till the season gets close and say, okay, these are everybody that we've signed in the, in the offseason, or here's people that we've committed. You keep the, you keep the news coming, so like shows like ours and others can continue to talk about it. Uh, but just even during the season and, and just – promoting the the team you know with, with social media and and putting on a, a quality broadcast and and just the videos and just having you know having the players be showcase themselves all that plays an important role especially at the ACHA level is that a fair, fair assessment absolutely and then you know it's a relationship business of coaching that, that we're in here and I mean you, you're not just calling them and saying you know what are you thinking what are your options it's you know how the week go you know I watched you I thought you had a really nice first period and the second period, you know, got, it was frustrating, but they want to know that you're paying attention, that you're following them. They want to know that you're in your corner. They want to know that you care. Um, uh, one of my favorite quotes is players don't care what you know until they know that you care. Uh, and so that's where it starts. Get to know the person first and uh, invest into that person. And then honestly, you've got to, it's, it's about the questions you ask. It's not just a conversation. What are you getting out of that conversation? What is he learning about you? Uh, um, and what are you learning about him? And so, you know, I'll give you a, a good example. Nolan Bivolsic, a really good goaltender on our team, when we were recruiting him, you know, I, I had the sense of Churro was going to be there and it was going to be, uh, you know, intense competition. And he was actually uh, in the NA3 there and he, he played the first two games of a playoff game, if I recall. And then the third one, the coach put the backup in. And that was an opportunity for me to say, boy, you know, coach, uh, coach took you out. How did you, you feel about that? I want to see how he handles those situations because how he does anything is how he does everything. And his response was fantastic. Hey, you know, he's a good goaltender too. He's going to get his opportunity and, I, and I'm sure I'll get mine again. And when I do, I'm going to make the most of it. That's the kid you want on your team. Not the kid who's going to be like, boy, that coach is an idiot. And uh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. The other goalie sucks. I don't want that kid in my locker room. So sometimes it's just about the questions you ask. You know, Coach, and I've always asked about your program and complimented your program on the work that you do off the ice. And I know one of the things you really enjoy doing, and I don't know how limited you are right now with the COVID-19 uh, virus going around, but you like to get out and about and do your camps. Is that something you're going to be able to do this summer, or uh, where do you stand on your camp projects right now? I hope so. You know, I, I, I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm hesitant to buy a bunch of jerseys and stuff until I know that I'm going to have the revenue to offset it. So I'm kind of going week to week and taking a look. And I guess I'm hoping, you know, things start clearing up and we get a better sense of the rinks opening, which I hear is not too far on the horizon here. And, um, and if so, maybe I can do a, a, a July or something like that. But I, I'd like to. Um, I, I really, when I build that camp, obviously it's a good way to augment some income and all that stuff and to, to promote our program. But I really do enjoy – like I, every time I leave that camp, I feel like I make a difference. We try to do things differently. I mean, one of my favorite things is a seminar we do and we just sit down with the group and say, this is how you contact college coaches because most people don't teach you how to do that stuff. And ever since I've become a head coach, I'm shocked at like 99% of the people don't know, you know, add a link, make it simple, keep it short. Like I'm not reading a 10 page email in the middle of the season. So um, there's certain ways to go about these things. And so I feel like, 
you know, I really feel like when I leave that camp, like kids are better than they were before off the ice and on the ice. And hopefully we show them some different things and, and introduce ourselves at the same time. And so, um, you know, I know there's a lot of kids who'd like to take part in again, and I hope we get a chance to do that. It's just uh, like everything else. We'll kind of wait and see here. Well, you know, I've seen you on the ice and, and last year particularly, I know you're struggling with your health issues. Yeah. And if there's anybody that probably should have stayed home and shouldn't have been on the ice, it was you. You look like a different person when I saw you out there, but you were yeah. out there making sure things get done. And gosh, I hope you're feeling better. And I hope, uh, you know, things look better down the road for you for sure. But yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I know what I'm talking about. I had colitis. So I, I was out of the hospital four days before the camp, uh, lost 30 pounds in like 15 days. It was one of the craziest months of my entire life. And, of course, it's the month of that camp. But um, I had to, you know, I felt like I had to be there. And luckily, you know, Toppy's chipping in and helping me. And he flew out to help. And so I appreciate that. But I guess it's a good example of I know what it means to those guys and what we, we owe it to them to, to do the best we can. And hopefully we do. I don't know what. I haven't had a good summer in a while, Scott, because the, the summer before that I had, what did I do? I ruptured my Achilles. I had surgery. Yeah. Right, yep. and then and then the summer before that, I think things kind of hit the fan around here, and I was I was like not sure what was going on. So, gosh, and every summer I'm like, you know what? Next summer's going to be great. So I'm going to get a full <laughs> summer. And now here I am stuck in my kitchen talking to you guys. <laughs> things have really gone downhill. Yeah, <laughs> we appreciate you coming on, Coach. We'll let you wrap things. Always up fun, man. By just uh, talking a little bit about uh, U of A hockey, right to the fans again, as I always do, but. Before we get to that, one final question on that. The announcement came out that St. Louis is going to host the uh, 2022 National Tournament. And I know you've got a special uh, connection to St. Louis. So tell me how excited you are about maybe going there and winning your back-to-back national championship there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like the tone of that. <laughs> um, I guess we'll go one at a time. But, um, yeah, I told you, I've been joking with the Hogans. They need to make room because I'm coming in hot here. You know, it, it'll be fun. Uh, it's a nice setup there. It's um, I like the central location, and I think that'll help a lot of families get there. Hopefully, their parents come out for that. But um, obviously, Boston next next year. So we got to figure out how we're going to pay for a massive flight and all that good stuff. And hopefully, we're there a long time. But we're we're really excited about our program. I think. Um, you know, this pandemic, I think, affects everybody in different ways. And one thing it's really um, woken me up to is nothing in tomorrow is promised. Um, I'm, I'm really enjoying the ride that we're on here. We've been top 10 two years in a row, back-to-back conference champs, and that's great. Um, but nothing's promised tomorrow. And so I, without sounding too greedy, I'm, I'm tired of being top 10. I want to move up. I want to be top five, and I want to win a national championship. And I think um, when you've got, you know, Anthony Cusinelli as a senior and Bailey coming back and Churro and Biv and um, Hall and Jones, just all these guys, I just, I don't want to wait anymore. And so maybe you're, that's what you're seeing is the urgency in my recruiting. Um, the time is now. It's, it's time to win a national championship here. Um, and so I'm no longer going to speak about it as a suggestion. It's just something we're going to do, plain and simple. And I don't uh, take that for granted. It's a very difficult task. Um, and so to accomplish something difficult, you better invest everything you've got. And so, you know, our guys need to be, you know, I'm enjoying the recruit, the talent we're bringing in, but that's only part of the equation. Our guys have got to be putting in the work right now on their own, even though they're at home and can't get to a gym, find different ways. And we talk about how we can do that. Uh, we get back to school. Are we going to be disciplined to stay in on a Thursday night? Certainly that's our program's mentality. And we enjoy Saturday because winning's fun. Um, you know, those are the things that are going to matter. How do we handle adversity? How do we come together? 
how do superstar players who are used to being in a certain spot in the power play uh, accept a different role to be a part of a championship? That's going to be part of it. So um, we've got a ways to go, but we're ecstatic about the start. I promise you there's some more good names coming your way here and more articles for me to write and to just butcher. <laughs> just look forward to me butchering some more grammatical instances and spelling errors and all that good stuff. But, um, you know, excited about what we're doing. Looking forward to the build. And then obviously slate's clean and let's talk about all the problems we have and fix them for six months. <laughs> and let's keep you guys healthy this year. I think that would Jeez. be uh, the number one thing to do. Uh, that's one thing I didn't ask you is how everybody's coming through, uh, health-wise after the surgeries and all those things. But I'm assuming everybody's on the recovery path, right? Yeah, not the, and not the worst time to, to even recover. Obviously, uh, you know, talking to, to Jones, we, we weren't going to have him for the national tournament. And so excited to hear he's recovering and he seems motivated. And if Ben Jones is motivated, we've got an unbelievable <laughs> uh, pair there. So these guys are putting in the work. You know, we touch base. It's, uh, at the end of the day, it can't be because I call guys. It's going to be individual. But – I really believe in the discipline and the character of this group. I, I'm like Jesse Lowell's a workout freak. I know that kid's doing like three workouts a day, right? But that's the kind of right. guys we got in our program, and that's what we're built on. It shouldn't have to be a babysitting thing. So, um, you know, that's just part of the steps in the process, and we're, we're excited to see it come together. And if everybody gets a little better, then when we come back to in September here, we'll, we'll collectively be a lot better. So that's what we're trying to do. Coach, appreciate your time as always. I still have the spot. You probably heard it before you came on with uh... – Tim Gasson giving the rah-rah uh, yeah. rah about being out there. So we'll have to get a new one, but maybe we can just kind of keep that one around just to uh, to keep Tim in our memories a little bit. Yeah, I think we should. It was I heard Tim and Tom. We got all the all the spokesmen. <laughs> it was good to see. Yeah, it was nice. All right, Coach. Have a good uh, a good evening, a good week. And uh, you keep bringing on stuff like that. We'll just have to keep calling you up and getting you back on. Yeah, mind the grammar, you know. <laughs> all right folks that's coach chad berman with the university of arizona acha hockey team uh steven and i'll be back in about two minutes to uh, wrap up another episode of club hockey southwest weekly can't wait to get to las vegas and check out the fortress going to see the golden knights no stopping at jesse ray's barbecue for lunch oh that fortress that combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located across the street from the iconic A Mountain and Sun Devil Stadium and a quick walk from Wells Fargo Arena, College Bar and Grill is your home for the best local craft beer, delicious creative cocktails, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. College Bar and Grill. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion. Online at ilovecollege.co. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. 
visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. You find your prime with mDrive. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails. Whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Award-winning taste since 2011. All right, Scott Strandy, Stephen Marsh, back with you on Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Stephen, uh, Coach Berman, every time we have him on, it's so much fun because he continues to bring it, right? The excitement in his voice on everything that he does is just so much fun. But just your thoughts on our visit with uh, Coach Berman. Yeah, it's always fun to have, to have him on. He's he's always he's very insightful. He's always got a lot of um, you know good things to say, obviously about his program. But there there's but he's 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 honest too. He's 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 he, he knows where they you know the struggles are, and he, he, you know he's not afraid to to bring those things up too. But uh, you know he mentioned some of the players they're they're bringing in next season, and you know I was didn't get a chance to ask him, but one of the things you know that we have UNLV I and mean, we've talked about the, the, and we're going to talk about the WCHL, but uh, for Arizona, this can be a, probably a, a tough, well, it's every season's a tough season, but this will be a really a real challenge for them because they're going to play. I mean, there's no question. I think they'll probably be one of the top teams again in the ACHA, but competing in the WCHL, you're going to play UNLV four times, you know, four or five times. So those games will all matter before they were just playing them. It mattered, but it didn't matter to the extent of getting points and where you're ranking in the tournament. Those games are always tight, so those are going to be important games. Of course, Arizona State games are always tight. Um, you know, we don't. You know, Colorado teams. You know, we're not going to play every team, but so it's going to be real. It's going to be real tough for them. You know, they won the WCHL two years in a row, but uh, it's going to be it's going to be a challenge. But I think that's going to be great because you know, obviously, they said he said that they're not content with you know where they are in the you know the, in the top ten. They get in the top ten, but they want to really be in the top five or in the rankings and then you know, obviously make a deep run in the tournament. So um, we'll see. And, you know, last season they had the, all those injuries and, you know, and I guess in a way it was a blessing maybe that they didn't compete in the tournament because who knows with, the sh- with all the shorthand, uh, with the, with the shorthandedness, I guess is the word I'm looking for or some, with the, not a full roster, not, you know, we don't know how they would have fared, but, you know, that sounds like you're going to, you know, Hopefully the injuries don't become a problem this season, and and it should be an exciting exciting season for them. So it'll be it's it's exciting, and, and it's good that they're continuing to to bring players in and, and make the competition for roster spots even that much more extreme. You know, and uh, I've I've said this since the day that I met Coach Berman was, uh, you think of the University of Arizona, it's pretty large, uh, it's in a beautiful uh, campus setting, everything is there except their practice facility doesn't exist right i mean they have to share the uh the tucson convention center which is a great facility to play games in but they don't have the options uh of spending unlimited time on the ice basically once school starts and the players come in uh coach berman isn't able to run a camp there in the summertime so so i think if if building was ever uh needed it's right now and he mentioned it it's not only a, a university thing it's a it's a community thing and 
that's one of the things well, that we experience with uh, UNLV and, and Vegas is, man, they just keep building more community type ranks, right? Well, and that's, and that, yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to mention that. I think that's going to be helpful because one thing, one thing that we've seen here in, in Las Vegas is it's gotten to be really crowded. I mean, there is so much, there's so much demand for hockey now and even more than there was before. And when City National opened up, you know, they got two rinks in there and, and, and you go in there on, well, it's not right now, but then when everything's normal and you go in, you go in on a Saturday or, or even on a, on a weekday, there's, there's always something going on in there. So it, it, it's become a little bit of a, of a challenge because everybody was relying so heavily on, on City National because it's such a nice facility and, and you've got the two rinks and it's, it's a great facility, obviously. Um, you've got other rinks too. You've got the Las Vegas Ice Center, which has been here a little bit longer, but it's an older, it's an older facility. But now, as you mentioned, we got the Henderson uh, facility. You're going you're gonna to see a little bit more of the evening out. You probably have a lot of people that live in Henderson that want to play hockey, the youth hockey or, or whatever, and they have to come to Summerlin and, and use the ice time in, in City National. Well, now they're going to have their own place to, to do stuff, which will free up some of the ice time in City National for other things and to be able to get more of you know, ice time. The, I know another thing is the, there's the, the junior team that is here in Vegas. They just had their first season last season, the uh, Thunderbirds. They were playing at, at Sobe, but they're actually going to be – I just looked it up – uh, this week, they're going to be moving their home games to City National. So that's another team that's going to be moving in there. But I think it's because you've got the Henderson facility that's open opening up. You're going to see there's going to be more more space and more places for people to be able to do hockey, which will make it even which will make it even better. So, all right, we've got a few minutes left to wrap things up. I told you I wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, the Western uh, CHL. Uh, conference now it, it was seven teams now it'll be 10 uh, when i just looked through quickly last year arizona had 13 wins uh, arizona state 12 oklahoma 11 central oklahoma 10 uh, missouri state 6 uh, colorado state 4 and colorado with just one win but now you add unlv you add utah you add grand canyon and uh chris perry the commissioner was out with us last week and i thought he brought up something a very unique that I guess I wasn't quite fully aware of, and that's the splitting of the conference, basically East and West. Just your thoughts on East and West and the fact that all these, you know, right away I thought, oh, great, all these teams are going to play everybody, right? But that's not the case, is it? No, no, that's not going to be. They're not going to play. But he said that somebody might not play somebody for for five seasons, which seems a little bit hard to believe, but, you know, it's 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 possible. Uh, I would imagine that, that uh UNLV, Arizona, Arizona State, Grand Canyon, and Utah are the teams that are going to be in the in the West, and then the other teams: um, Colorado, the two Colorado schools, Central Oklahoma, Oklahoma, and, and, Oklahoma Missouri State, yep. and Missouri State will be over in the in the East. So you know, I, I look at it from I look at it from from a UNLV's perspective because I have more of an insight there. Uh, for, you know, the UNLV has played a lot of those teams already. Uh, every year, they play Arizona, they play Arizona State, they play Utah, they play they play the Colorado schools. I, you know, they play they've played I think Alabama before in a tournament. So, um, you know, they were already Grand Canyon. They they played so they already play a lot of these these teams. So it's interesting that now they're in this, this conference, and, and really the only thing that's 
going to change is 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 way they're going to you know they're going to have to play some teams in that other comp division that that they didn't really play on a regular on a regular basis. But you know when it comes from scheduling perspective, UNLV is always put themselves as every team tries to do, but UNLV has really put them inside to play these really really tough tough teams. Um, and, and I know next season's schedule uh, is certainly looking up to be that way. Um, you know, it'd be interesting. To, be nice to see when these schedules get released by these teams to kind of start, you know, kind of start picking and, and matches. But, but for, yeah, for UNLV, you know, they're playing those teams already. So it's a lot of those teams already. So it's not, it's not going to be much different in, in regards to, to them. I mean, they, they already, and, and Arizona is kind of the same way, but I, I think it's going to be nice that the, the, the travel for, for some of these other schools is, is going to be nice that they won't have to travel as much. Uh, so that's that's gonna be it be good because you obviously you know you have a certain amount of budget and money and costs and things like that. So um, yeah, it's interesting that they won't play everybody, but that does leave you more opening to play other teams outside of your division, which I think is would be good too because if you get stuck playing every team in in your division or ever in your conference, and yeah, you have some teams that are really good, but you got like seven or eight teams that aren't really good. And you have to play them, and, and and not that you take anybody lightly, but you know you don't have a chance to go play these other teams that are going to be more competitive with you, that are going to be better for your positioning and in, in the rankings and things like that. Like Colorado last year was was not a very good team, and Colorado State was kind of struggling, you know. But so if you had to play teams like that the whole season, then but this conference is very good though, so it's not really a team that's not that good. But but I think it's it's good that it leaves some flexibility to to go out and play other games outside of your your conference and I mean let's I mean other conferences and other sports I think you know for for you for Mountain West for UNLV for basketball and, and football they don't always you know there's a lot of teams in the conference now there's like 11 or 12 they don't play everybody every year I think there's some years they don't play other teams or they only play one or twice or something so it's not a unique thing if not to play everybody so um, I think it's it's good that it leaves more flexibility to be able to to um to play other teams. Yep. Totally agree with you. I think uh, the way things will pan out, it'll be a, a very exciting season. I just hope that everything gets uh, off on the, on the right foot and we get to start healthy and, and get teams going. I mean, I, I was starting to think again a little bit about what was going to happen uh, through with this COVID thing and, you know, wearing a mask and all that stuff. I mean, may, maybe that will help bring some fans back if everybody's got to wear a mask and, adhere to social distancing or whatever uh, at arenas. I mean, maybe, maybe that will, uh, it will bring something back. So, well, well, one thing too, Scott is, is, you know, they're talking about a lot with, with, we're seeing that baseball is starting to have plenty of plans of to do, you know, to have the, get their season started. And then, you know, the NHL is talking about getting their season started. And then they're talking about starting with, with no fans, all, you know, and, and Ideally, but you really can't do that at the ACHA level. You you have to have people in the sense. Now, granted, some teams don't get a lot of people to come to their games anyway. But you, you, this is not a a league, and, and that teams can survive on having games with that are empty. You might as well not even play the games at all. So yeah, no TV you know, revenue in the ACHA, is there? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, a lot of the teams do a good job of putting on good broadcasts, and there's a lot of good good announcers in the in the uh, ACHA and, 
and uh, we certainly have a decent one here in, in Vegas. <laughs> but, Elaine, uh, <laughs> are you listening? Because you're getting a shout out right now. Maybe, well, I doubt he's listening, but maybe maybe we'll get him on on this show at some point. <laughs> he's always a uh, uh, a button. But yeah, but you have to have fans in the stands at this level. So I, I think you know, and and it's going to depend on what the colleges do, and if they decide to to have people on campus. Uh, in the fall, because there was even some rumors, and there's a lot of rumors and speculation with everything, and the speculation that maybe people won't start on campus until January, that they'll still be online through the fall, and then, you know, in the, and then it's January, they'll be on, on campus. They're talking about maybe starting the college football season in January or February and doing it in the spring. So I don't know. I mean, but if it's all going to be – there's some layers still that are going to have to be dependent. But I, I think because it seems like everything's trending in this direction. It seems like – the president's having conversations with these different sports people and, and seem like they want to make a push to by the late summer, you know, to be able to start having sports again and to have fans in the stands. And and even if that means that some people are going to have to wear a mask or maybe you're going to have not as many people in in the stands. um, I think it's going to be something to look at, but, but we'll have to wait and see it. You know, it's not going to be as cut and dry as, okay, we can start. It's going to be what the colleges do, but the colleges, I think they want to have the people on campus and I, there's some, yeah. there's some people and they want to have people on campus. So they want to make, be safe, of course, but um, you know, we just have to kind of wait and see, but I want to rem- remain optimistic that we will have a season and it should be a, it should be a good season. Can't wait for it. All right, Stephen, another great show. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Actually, I'll probably see you on Friday when I get up to Vegas to start doing a little more uh, filming for the day. Folks, don't don't panic. We're gonna get uh, social distancing. Social distancing. Keep. We're we'll do eight. We'll do get back. We're not staying do, over. We're just uh, a quick drive. Well, back, I, a quick drive back. Well, I don't. I don't know where you'd stay. All the hotels are closed here, so I don't know where you're gonna stay. The hotels are can't, can't stay anywhere on the strip, so there's no nothing open. So you you can come, but you're gonna have to go right back home. <laughs> All right, and a big shout out to our uh, corporate partner of the week, Jesse Ray's Barbecue. We will see you Friday. Stephen and I will be back next Wednesday with another episode of. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Stay safe, stay strong, and we're all in this together. Yes, we are. Have a good week, everybody.